Hello, 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 hello. This is the middle mic. Larry, do you hear me? On the middle microphone. You're good. All right. Uh, they are all turned off. Would you like me to turn them on yet? I was going to wait until it came time to mic people up. Okay, then I'm going to turn this one back off. They're still testing. Oh, okay, sorry. Testing. Hi, Robert. This is me testing. Microphone middle. I'm assuming this is mic two. Testing mic two. How's it going, Robert? I wish I could hear your replies. I can't. I'm assuming you're fantastic. I'm just going to assume Robert's having the best day ever downstairs. Excellent. All right, turning it off. Thank you.
Well, hi, everybody. I'm Teresa Marchetta. I am the communications director for Denver Mayor Michael Hancock. And we're trying something new today. We're having a conversation about neighborhoods in Denver with the CEO of Nextdoor, Sarah Fryer. So let me introduce you to who we have as part of this conversation today. Sarah, welcome, CEO of Nextdoor. Thank you, Sarah Teresa. Fryer, you've got a lot going on. We're <laughs> going to talk about why you're here in Denver. And of course, Denver Mayor Michael B. Hancock, mayor, boss. Glad to be with you. Hey, it's good to be here with, with you both today and to talk about something that we're all so passionate about. We also, just so you know, and you can't see, but we've got members of the community here as well. Nextdoor has been soliciting questions from our many Nextdoor neighborhoods. And I think, Sarah, I might be wrong, but I think there are over 200. 200, yeah. Neighborhood, Nextdoor neighborhoods just here in, in wow. the city and county of Denver, Denver which is, is amazing. Denver is actually one of our highest, most activity that we see mm -hmm. across all of the United States is right here in this city. We, we love that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's super important to this administration. So a couple of the themes that you're gonna hear us talking about, power of community, the power mm -hmm. of engaged residents mm -hmm. and the importance of having stronger cities <laughs> based on that. Um, also, Bridging the gap in a time where there's been some incivility, um, really, among folks of different viewpoints. Um, also, for our third-term mayor here, um, you know how we want to listen better mm -hmm. as a city and connect more with our neighborhoods, mm -hmm. and how next door I think can really help us, and, and that's part of this conversation. Also, how we're supporting small businesses um, and social cohesion, which is what we need when things go wrong in times of disaster. We got a big snowstorm coming. How some of that. Uh, cohesion, how government and community work together in those things. So um, Nextdoor, as I mentioned, has been collecting questions for both of you. Um, you've kind of been familiar with the themes that we're talking about mm -hmm. today, and I think we should just launch into it, if Go that's okay it. with you. Yeah, please. Um, Go for it. So Avi from Capitol Hill Southwest, and Sarah, I'm going to throw this out to you first. Great. Um, she said she would love to hear about your idea of community. Where did that originate? Sure. So, Avi, thank you for the question. We live, die, breathe everything, community, all day, every day at Nextdoor. Our purpose is to help neighbors, empower neighbors everywhere to build stronger local communities. Why did that matter to us? Um, first and foremost, we recognize that more and more people don't know who lives around them. And yet we think there's tremendous power in proximity. So a difference from Nextdoor, which is really building the local graph, to say Facebook, which is your friend graph, or LinkedIn, your professional graph, is it's this power of local. And we think it brings disparate voices together, but people you don't already know. The second thing was help you stay informed, which I know must be near and dear to both of your hearts, because a huge part of what goes on in the city is help me understand the why, right? Why is transportation not happening today? Or why is there a hole in the road? Or what was that noise? And sometimes it's really good things, like what's the great event that's going to happen this weekend? Um, is there a place I can go tailgate for the Broncos? And then the third reason is really high utility. And the mayor actually mentioned this earlier when we were chatting, which is help me get things done. So is there a great local plumber? Do mm -hmm. I need a babysitter if I'm going to go to that tailgating party? But that's the bonds of community. And in the end, when we bring that together and we create social capital and social cohesion, we know it ends up with things like better test scores, better health scores, better wealth scores. People's house values go up. So we love the purpose that we march behind, but we can only do it because we get to work with you and with all our neighbors. In Mayor, I would love to hear your thoughts on that too, though, because I mean, in public service, you have to have that sense of community from a really young age, and, and yeah. 
that buy-in. You're absolutely right. First of all, I want to welcome Sarah to Denver. Thank you. And, and congratulate you and the whole team at Nextdoor for the Appreciate phenomenal it. success they've experienced, not only in Denver, but around the country. I am on Nextdoor from Yay. my own neighborhood <laughs> because I, I really believe that, you know, we are only as great as our communities are cohesive and, and people have that sense of community, particularly when it comes time to engage. You know, we think about neighborhoods and we have 78 distinct neighborhoods in Denver. Neighborhoods really define the physical part of that neighborhood. Well, community is really the cohesion, the, the, the emotional, the, the mental, the attachment to one's space, one's uh, neighborhood and the neighbors that exist, coexist in a neighborhood. And it's so important to the point that both of you just made, you know, you're safer when you know who your neighbors yeah. are. So you true. are, um, you, you, it's certainly a better quality of life when we know who our neighbors are. Uh, we can coordinate, collaborate, and do things to make, to make things happen in our neighborhood mm -hmm. when we know who our neighbors are. And I often tell people the story that when my wife and I first moved in our neighborhood in Green Valley Ranch, we, we coordinated on our own a block party mm -hmm. after being there for three years. And the people we met, a pastor, for example, who I've known for years, I didn't know he lived five doors down the That's way from me. Right. Because we've right. be, we become such a society of closed doors, fences, and garages. Mm -hmm. right. And you really don't see people. And for a long time, you know, I, I made a point to do my own yard because I wanted to get to know my neighbors just by being outside. And so it's, it's important that we create that sense of community. And, and I think Nextdoor is a huge tool for that. Well, let's get to, we have another question, Mayor. I'm going to start with you this time on this Okay. All right, but Sarah, you'll want to weigh in as well. Ann C. Yeah, from thank Wash you Park, for being here. <laughs> and Annie B. from Hilltop. So we have Wash Park and Hilltop mm -hmm. weighing in on this. And I think they both made a really good point. Mm -hmm. They said that next door brings neighbors together, um, but with incivility on the rise in neighborhoods across the country, they're asking, how do you, each of you, bring people together, and how do we best serve diverse groups of people and help them see the things that they have in common? Yeah, you know, one of the things that um, we know about any kind of coming together, there are different ways to bring people together, but I'll tell you, there's nothing more powerful than food, right? <laughs> uh, to bring people together. Seriously, That's I tell so people, true. if you want people to engage in a meeting yeah. and you want them to come more than one meeting, serve the food, serve good food, and they will be there every time. It's just the way we think. Mm -hmm. If we feel good about ourselves by eating, mm -hmm. and uh, you'll do it. But I've seen, we do this Denver Days event in Denver, mm -hmm. Colorado, and the whole mm -hmm. idea is that neighborhoods connect or communities connect the way that it works for them. Mm -hmm. Some neighborhoods do block parties, some do service uh, projects in their neighborhood. I heard of one idea that I've got to try one day. They actually have what they call the uh, drink hop. So What's you go that? to each neighbor's house <laughs> and each neighbor serves a unique cocktail. Oh, oh my goodness. Now, now by the third house, you probably would need to go home. <laughs> I was gonna say, is, there no, a, is there a nap nobody stop can, nobody can, No one can drive. <laughs> right, that's um, right. They have something for the kids and something for the adults. Oh, but honey. they said it's the most amazing thing to see 30 houses on a block, people just walking from house to house trying the different cocktails. That hospitality, like you it's said. It's unbelievable. That, yeah, sharing that. What do you think, Sarah? I mean, what are, what are some um, ways to, 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 to help people see what they have in common? It's so, it's so first of all, I'm Northern Irish, but kind of Irish. So the minute you have something that involves food and drink, I'm all in. So you, you won me over. And the cocktail party sounds great. Um, there's a couple of things in this question. One is we do want to bring people together, but we also understand that when people come together, they often have differences. And we want to create a forum 
where actually you can talk about something that might be contentious. Um, mm -hmm. You know, do you want a certain store to come to that neighborhood? Or okay. um, we see it a lot when people talk about things like gentrification. Mm. Um, and so, but you need an outlet because if people can't talk, there's no way they will find the commonality. So that's mm -hmm. kind of rule one. We want to make sure people have a place to come, but we want them to be their their better selves. So part of next door is you come as who you are, right? You are a real person at a real address. We spend actually a fairly big amount of time verifying you. And then it's your name and your picture that is attached mm -hmm. to all that you post. And we think there's goodness in that. When people are able mm -hmm. to be anonymous, you find that tone can drop off quite quickly. Um, the third thing that we often do on the commonality front, and this, I spent time with neighbors in DC who were struggling with a community where you had folks who'd lived there forever and then new mm. folks coming in. Mm -hmm. and we know that in Denver yeah. as mayor, don't we? we? Do. Yeah. Yes. But what they found as a point of commonality was a savings club, mm. which I loved because it didn't matter <laughs> if you were where you were on the spectrum of, of wealth, mm -hmm. you might be saving for you know that, that expense that you're not expecting, like a flat tire on your car or maybe a medical expense, or you might be saving to send your kids to college. Um, right. There's a whole spectrum. And the other important thing was a gathering place. So they were building into communities, um, making sure there was a coffee shop, or, or maybe in Ireland we'd put a pub in. Um, and if you think about the high street getting diminished, or main street getting mm -hmm. diminished, you're losing a lot of these gathering spots. And so we try to think a lot about how do we help bring that back through empowering local businesses, but also really letting neighbors know that you want to get from online, where maybe you make the mm -hmm. first connection, mm -hmm. to offline, because human to human will always end up yep. with a better outcome. I, and we're going to—I didn't even tell you this yet, Mayor, but Jenny Mayfield, who's the communications director for Nextdoor, <laughs> so we're going to—we need to steal one of her ideas because they—she was sharing with me that Nextdoor brought a table, yeah, neighbors' table, a neighbors' mm. table to different cities mm -hmm. for as a gathering place, like a central like gathering place. Table. And I thought that just seems like it. something I can see. Well, that, we that, might that's have just to figure out how style. to get you one. I would love that. You, I mean, <laughs> I, I just, love that. I love that. I, but that's just yeah. that's what we do, right? We bring people yeah. together. I right. think it's and, awesome. And that's a local, that. a small local business. That's a woman-owned business out of Texas, mm. where she built the first table. I love it. 130 people showed up for her potluck, totally unexpected. And then she wow. said, "I want to do this." Wow. And so her goal is, I think, by 2021, that there's a I table in every state. Yeah. we could throw down like that. We should. You know, let me say something. You know, we talk about. No, you know, being safe and having mm -hmm. a sense of community. Yeah. One of the other things is also to know who your most vulnerable residents or neighbors yes. are on your mm -hmm. block. Yeah. You know, this Denver Day concept came from a conversation with an older adult in Denver mm. who said for the first yeah. time in her, she was telling me, the first time in her 45 years of living on her block, she didn't know who her neighbors were mm -hmm. and she mm -hmm. felt unsafe. Mm -hmm. And so she and her neighbors came yeah. together and tried to do a block party so she'd get to know yeah. her neighbors because a lot of people moved in. Mm -hmm. And she said the city threw up roadblocks, 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 and the cost was just exorbitant so we couldn't do it. And she said, I need you to fix that. And that's where Denver Days came from. Wow. And for the, so Miss Birch, that was the lady's name, got a chance to do a block party where we provided the pair. But we get a chance to know who our vulnerable residents So if a snowstorm does hit, as yeah. it does in Denver, you yeah. know, you don't expect Miss Birch to go and shovel her sidewalk. We can you, help her out. Young folks on the block can do it. I, and I'm going to springboard from that question that mm -hmm. you just, or that, that topic, because there was another question that came up about how we can, and I'm looking for this here. Um, how neighbors can go beyond the borders of, let's just say, your next door community, mm -hmm. your city community. Mm -hmm. So if I know that neighbors over in Inglewood, for example, Mayor, or maybe not in my next door neighborhood, mm -hmm. yeah. so I have no way of reaching them, are vulnerable, need resources, need mm -hmm. help. So, and I would ask you each to answer just for your unique 
mm -hmm. know, perspectives. How do we reach beyond those borders that we're kind of defined by, whether it's a city, a municipality, or our next door neighborhood, yeah. to give assistance to our neighbors? And how do we connect yeah. people with resources? Yeah. Um, so a couple of ideas I would have. Um, First, we have been looking on Nextdoor to try to go beyond the neighborhood boundary and create almost a theme that people can grab hold of. So last year, we did something called Hello Neighbor. Mm. It actually started in the UK, and it was geared originally towards seniors. So the idea mm -hmm. was not just in the disaster with the snowstorm, right. which is super important, but just even in the holiday period when often people mm. feel at their most vulnerable and lonely, oh, yeah. to just knock on the door and take half an hour, maybe grab a cup of tea, invite them over for tea with your yeah. kids, whatever it is, but find a connection. And that hello neighbor kind of kept jumping neighborhood to neighborhood. It went across the UK, it actually jumped the pond, it went to France, they had it in French, ma porte ouvert. It went to Spain, it went across a bunch of European neighborhoods. This year we want to bring it to the US and try to create that same in the moment. Um, the other thing I find is just, you know, volunteer organizations, because they often are jumping boundaries, right? Mm -hmm. The Red Cross is a great example. Mm -hmm. um, but I found something for my kids, which is called Tech for Life, and it brings kids together with seniors to teach seniors, you know, ostensibly to teach seniors about technology. But really, what I'm trying to do is teach my kids that there's these people who have an amazing wealth of yeah. life experience yeah. <laughs> that they need to be learning from. Right. And you learn in that too, the power of giving, right? right. Volunteering, you think is about you giving here, mm -hmm. but actually it's so, what you get back. Sarah, and I have to follow up really quick with you, but do you, so through the platform of Nextdoor, yeah. can people ask those questions and get those resources and yes. be directed to kind of how to break through those neighborhood boundaries or? The answer is yes, mm -hmm. and we're trying to do more about that as well. Yes, so to fantastic. actually put what we call promos in the feed, it's kind of our technical term, mm -hmm. but to give examples. We did something called Take Five, where we took five neighbor examples from around the globe, um, and we said, here's things you could do. A supper club, mm. maybe it is just um, a potluck party. I love this idea of Denver Days. You know I'm going home with that idea <laughs> because that's a great yeah. idea. And so yes. I think so it, the onus is on refresh. us yeah, yeah, to start to show much more just great examples of what neighbors have done. I know I know we get a lot of those questions too, Mayor, so how do you handle that when people, when it's not in your jurisdiction necessarily, but you right. want to be able to direct people to the resources? Yeah, I always tell people uh, connect it with their passion, you know. Um, how do I get beyond my borders? Well, what is the thing you're interested in? I'd like to walk, I'd like to run, I'd like to bike, I'd like to work with children. Well, then good, try doing it in other parts of the city or the region outside of your own neighborhood. Mm -hmm. um, just to kind of challenge yourself, right? So it's kind of like when I travel to another city, you know, for the most part, you get to see the downtown, mm -hmm. the restaurants, the entertainment district, hospitality areas. I like to disappear and get into the neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. I want to see how people live. I want to see what the housing stock mm -hmm. looks like. Mm -hmm. I want to see how people traverse neighborhoods. I want to get a sense of the physical, the neighborhood part of it, but also the sense of community. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so that, that's my passion, to just to, to figure out. So if I want to know what's going on in Aurora, I go out to Aurora and walk around Aurora and maybe mm -hmm. go to an area that interests me. Uh, you know, I'll tell you a story. I was in Portland. Uh, with another member of city government, we were interested in saying, wait a minute, you know, we don't see any black people in Portland. Mm -hmm. Where are the black people in Portland? So this is really weird. We get in the car and we ask the Uber driver, take us to where black people are. He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but he took us to the African-American community and we just got out and started walking. 
and we went into the barbershops. And you want to know something about African Americans, go sit in a barbershop, African American barber, and you'll learn everything you need to know about African Americans. Yeah. And, and we did that, and man, did we get the history. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I mean, I love history, but that's how I start to, so I'd say, what's your passion? And then you just take it beyond your neighborhood. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I also want to ask, I think this is an important question because of this of this marriage that we've kind of arranged for you all today, <laughs> right? Between government and, you know, um, neighborhood platforms. So I think this is an important question we need to ask. And, and the political conversation, mm -hmm. and Sarah, I'll ask you this question. Um, you know, that, that can be a, another conversation that can be very divisive. Yes. Is there a place for politics on next door and, and for that kind of engagement? To your point, people need to talk. They yeah. have right. a way to communicate. At the same time, we see how kind of some of those anonymous conversations can be very divisive. How do you manage that on next door? So I, I will say top down, we actually don't invite national politics onto the platform. We have not yet found a way to make that really civil. But bottoms up, local politics, we absolutely think has a place. Um, and one thing we're really experimenting with right now is groups. Because once people opt in and say, I want to be part of this discourse, mm -hmm. and again, in local politics, it's all about like ultimately trying to get things done. Mm -hmm. Like not just endlessly mm -hmm. admiring the problem of like why you know, the transportation system isn't working for a city, right, right. or why, you know, a particular intersection always has too many accidents, right? Mm -hmm. There's these topics that come up, and can we drive it to action? So groups is one way we're thinking about it. There's also something we can embed into the platform around, in, around more civil discourse. So we launched something called Kindness Reminder, and I'm proud of it because in most cases, technology is all about speed, mm -hmm. right? It just instant response because technology companies are gold on more people doing things faster, more engagement. Um, we want to get people away from this part of their brain, right? The, the effectively reptilian brain that makes you <laughs> totally biased. Because yeah. yeah. that's how you survived. Mm -hmm. I've got to get bunched, you had to react. We want you back here in your cognitive brain. So we actually flip up something called Kindness Reminder. If we see you posting something that we know with our technology is probably going to get um, flagged as content that should be moderated. So sometimes it's easy. Mm. People use profanity. We can spot that. But sometimes it's even just tone. And we give you a choice of if you want to continue to write it. And what we're doing in two things there. One is we're getting you back up here so you're thinking. So you're usually your better self. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing is we know from a lot of the research, and actually whose book we used is Professor Jennifer Eberhardt. She's an amazing African-American professor at Stanford. On Her book is called Biased. And she also shows in the research that when people think someone may look at their actions in some mm -hmm. later state, they typically behave a little better. Wow. And so it's just a place where technology actually can be more of a friend instead of what I think technology has been, which is often an enemy of civility and just bringing people together. Can we turn the tide on that? Now, you know, we're one company fighting against that tide, but we're really passionate yeah, about it. Yeah, Did you all know that this was all going on with your post? <laughs> <laughs> this is fascinating. Uh, yeah. This is pretty fascinating yeah. stuff, but that... This sounds like mm -hmm. like-minded mm -hmm. goals, right? Yeah, yeah, and she's right. I mean, local politics has a place on next door. Yeah. I mean, I see people talk about me all the time on next door. <laughs> <laughs> not kindly either. <laughs> no, no, it's not bad. I mean, seriously, I, you know, people, you know, I see people commenting on 
municipal or issues to, to your point services that meet them where they are right. you know the roads the schools the parks the library the safety um, and so you you know you I see a lot of the dialogue going back and forth on issues that really matter most to people every day listen we're gonna knock a couple out real quick and then we're mm -hmm. gonna move on to some awards so Vibeek S in Cheeseman Park Dave A in Cherry Creek North Jeff H and Brian W both in Congress Park um, had questions that I want you to answer mayor about density growth mm -hmm. Um, impacting neighborhoods with construction, yeah. et cetera. Um, this one's, I'll give you an easy one, a softball. Mm -hmm. They want to know about our, our plan for growth, our comp plan. Comp plan 2040, which mm -hmm. uh, 25,000 pieces of information were, uh, you know, shared from the people of Denver to the city uh, government to help shape our strategic plan to manage growth. And a couple of themes came through that. One is the best way to respond to growth, which is best practice density, right? Around transit corridors or major arterials where people are moving, make it easy for them. Um, but one of the most beautiful things that uh, came out of this, and it wasn't driven by government, it was the people of Denver saying, don't ever forget equity. Don't forget that not everybody starts from the same place and we need to make sure this is a city and our neighborhoods are neighborhoods that are uh, welcoming and inclusive, and people feel well feel like they can live there. So uh, it was it's a powerful tool. But the Comp Plan 2040 is our strategic plan to address and respond appropriately to, to growth. And you can find that on the city website as right. well if you want to flip. Denvergov.org backslash the plan for growth Comp 2040. And then the other thing I think is is important is, and I want both of you to talk about this, but mm -hmm. I'll start with you again. How can we limit displacement? And I thought maybe you could talk about nest a little bit. Um, yeah, one of the things that, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, wait, step on you. No, yeah, ahead, one of the things that I'll just say this in general sense. One of the things that municipalities and don't, had not been in the practice of thinking about is how our, our, our decisions around development might impact residents differently based on their socioeconomic standing and when you look at gentrification and ultimately re the result being displacement um, we don't think that we, we want to go and improve a neighborhood park bring a hospital create a business cluster create jobs uh, but not everybody is impacted by that the same way uh, someone who may be doing relatively okay it's it's good I own property my values are gonna go up great but if you're an older adult and you are on a fixed income your property values going up means correspondingly that your property taxes are going to go mm -hmm. up. You cannot go back to work to respond appropriately to that, so what happens? You're displaced out of your property. Mm -hmm. Or if you're low income and low skilled, same thing. And so the reality is that we have to be thoughtful and aware as we make decisions how it might impact people differently along the, the economic and socioeconomic scale. And that's a new reality for municipalities. Um, you know, we have to be mindful. We got to ask the question, how might someone at 30% AMI be impacted an older adult in this neighborhood, are we going to spike property values? we got to move in, and that's what NEST, Neighborhood Equity Stabilization Team, does for us in Denver, is we move in as we see development occurring and do the best we can to protect vulnerable residents. And Sarah, I'm sure you're aware with the engagement that you get on next door in Denver, how rapidly the yeah. city has grown in the yeah. last, oh. really in the mayor's term, it's the last amazing. You know, eight years. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and congrats to the mayor, right? Coming in a third term shows how much people are appreciating that. Um, there's a couple of things I hear in there on the growth front. I mean, one is just hearing from your residents. So we do a lot of polling on the platform where you can just put mm -hmm. a poll in, and we hear a lot from local government. Wow, that is a great way to just quickly take a pulse in a neighborhood. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's number one. You touched 
touched on, local business. Um, mm -hmm. It's a passion project for me. I care so much about small local businesses. Yeah. Yep. They're the lifeblood of a community. Yes. When you spend 100 bucks at a local business, about $45 comes back to the local community because they employ locally, they usually buy supplies locally. When you spend it at a national brand, you know, more like $15. So it's yeah. about a 3x return. Now we need both, but when you can support those local businesses, you really can bring communities back on their feet again. And so mm -hmm. going back to the point about gentrification, I think it really can help um, lift the whole community, mm -hmm. but we can't be naive about it. And I love that idea of Nest about going in and finding the truly vulnerable too, because to me that's exactly where local government steps in and mm -hmm. when there's a, a market failing effectively happening. But, yeah, and I, yeah. I appreciate that because small businesses, mom and pop shops that have been in neighborhoods seemingly at times 50, 60 years or generation over generation yeah. are also part of the, the objective of Nest to go in and protect them and provide mm -hmm. technical assistance and, and to do what we can to make sure they're able to survive. And we all know too that many, many of the folks who are on next door, I mean, they rally around businesses mm -hmm. to oh. support businesses. They, I mean, much like the city can put resources into those yeah. areas, mm -hmm. there's nobody that can mobilize as quickly or communicate as directly <laughs> as all yeah. of you with each other about you with know, your pocketbook. That's right. Yeah. About and how you spend your money and being intentional. And Absolutely. And it's such a virtuous cycle, right? You want your community to feel unique and not just you know kind of bland. Right. And so you, it just keeps coming around. So. You know, we, we just put in place something called local deals purposely because it's simple. Local businesses don't have to get into super complicated technology. It's just what I want to get in front of my neighbors who are probably my best customers in as easy a way as possible. Um, and so I love when I see that happening. Um, very fun. So we're going to do something. I know that both of our, we've had Shannon and Quan have been over there for both of our teams <laughs> kind of getting questions. Quan, you want to you shout it out? What sure. you got? Um, question from Lucy P. Okay. At, in Congress Park. How do you measure transparent and thoughtful community engagement? Does the city change their plans when they get suggestions? So how do we measure thoughtful and transparent, transparent community engagement? Um, and I think that's important because we do mm -hmm. a lot of it, mm -hmm. but it is something that I think we also get dinged for a lot. I think a lot of people don't e either aren't engaged or if they don't know about it they right. missed it right and it's like is it too late for me to weigh in um, but talk about that. it's all relative and, and and you know as a former strategic a community strategic planning manager where I used to work in communities all over the country you really just have to go with a feel in that have are we starting to see comments repeat have we and, and to and this is determining whether or not we have done enough or at least uh, adequate enough engagement uh, but there will always be those who ask the question or who will say i didn't know about it um i don't think there was enough i mean it's, it's a judgment call and you try to do your your very best but the reality is that true community engagement never stops on an issue mm -hmm. even when decisions have been made now we got to keep people educated keep them up to date on what's happening mm -hmm. and move forward have we changed our ideas on certain i can tell you yeah i've seen where we were going down a certain path or a developer was going down a certain path and after community gave me to go, oh, I didn't think about that. And so I have personally, in the 16 years I've been in city government from city council to the mayor's office, I have seen plans and efforts completely change based on community engagement. And Sarah, I will say that that's one of the motives mm -hmm. and, and I know Jenny knows this, for us to really to bring everybody together mm -hmm. is that the mayor's priority and, mm -hmm. and he's tasked me with this is is hearing from people, connecting with yeah. people in the way that 
uh, we want to reach them. And in, in, the, in those conversations that you're capturing so well, you know, how do we do that better? Yep. You know, is there a role for next door in helping empower neighborhoods to connect with city government in a way that they feel heard. Yeah, I mean, we certainly hope so, because one, what we have is now real density. So,
cold paint. stories and we um, brought her to the office didn't you? i brought her to the office yeah, to meet you yeah. mayor because she's doing so many incredible things there's the baker neighborhood south broadway businesses women and minority owned businesses um across the city denver nonprofits, uh people with special needs and different abilities children's yeah. issues um incredible denver arts community she's mm -hmm. a great supporter and, and she doesn't do this she's <coughs> getting paid for it i don't know how much longer she can keep it up but she's amazing so um anyway her most recent contribution is the hope slingers guide to Denver, which I think we want to elevate in some ways a city. It's, it's basically when you want to be intentional, if you want to support women, uh, people of color, LGBTQ, indigenous owned businesses, that's the place you can go. She's, she's been curating this catalog. Um, so anyway, I just, that's all I can say. I, I want to keep going on, but Erica Ryder is here. Erica, please come up and let the mayor and Sarah from next door recognize you. Oh, I'm so proud of you. It's so hard to you know, be a woman of business. So, congratulations. Congratulations. Mayor. Remember that you came to see me. Come over here. Let's get this. Put you in the middle. Right. Thank you for being such a great neighbor. And it's, it's my favorite thing in the world to do great neighbor So, thank you. Congratulations. Okay. Great. Oh, thank you. Thank you. All right, so we probably went long, but thank you all for being here, and thanks for being a part of the conversation. Um, I know we were having mic issues and mic problems, but hopefully we got at least most of the conversation, so you'll be able to see it on our platforms soon. Um, and thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, Sarah Breyer, yeah. thank you. Uh, Mayor Michael Hancock. I know it's been a long day, but thank you for hanging out. Oh, absolutely. And um, we do have with refreshments, so please help yourself. There's some little snacks and drinks, and um, that's it. Thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you. Thank Good you. Job. Thank you. Thank you.
we didn't have any extra yeah, we money. Yeah. No. So, all right. I apologize for that. Other, hey, the rest, other.